Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Happy 4th of July. Thank you for being with us on WSB on this holiday weekend. I know you got a lot of plans, so we appreciate you spending your time right here. You're listening to Green and Growing for the next two hours. And then Dave Baker with the Home Fix-It Show. And this is the beginning of our number two of Green and Growing. So that means Celebrity Gardener. So I did something a little different this Saturday. Took a montage of Celebrity Gardeners that I've had on in the past when I gave them garden quizzes. And each and every one was so much fun. I wanted to share that with you again. So these are some of my favorite interviews and stumping some celebrities that you know. Cal Ripken Jr. All right, I got one more gardening thing before I let you go. And this is this sure. is silly. You got to participate in a silly quiz. We like bird watching, okay? So I'm going to make this easy. There are three teams in Major League Baseball that have birds as their team mascot. So first, we will start with the Oriole. What state yeah. is that the state bird for? You know, I think it's almost like a trick question. <laughs> um, I don't think it's it's uh, Maryland, but um, um, I, I would the obvious thing I would say Maryland. But you, uh, you are correct. You are okay. correct. All right, now the, the blue. So you're easing me into it. Now the blue jay is not the state bird of any of the fifty states, but the blue bird is the state bird for four different states. Name one. Oh, um, Maine. No, give it one more guess. <laughs> <laughs> the blue bird. Mm-hmm. California. Oh, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. We'll go with Nevada and Idaho out west. And now for the easiest, cardinal. The cardinal is the state bird for seven different states, many of which are kind of up by you. So give it a guess. I mean, from the baseball standpoint, the St. Louis Cardinals, so Missouri. You know, surprisingly, no, the blue bird is their state bird. How weird is that? That is weird. And the blue jay, I was thinking uh, the Toronto blue jay, so it could have been Canada. Right. Um, So anyway, uh, cardinal in and around us up here. And in the Midwest. You could go either way. There's seven different states. Kansas. Yes, Kansas is one. Illinois and Indiana. Those are pretty good. Illinois and Indiana, yep. Cal Ripken, Jr., thank you so much for taking the time with us this morning. This uh, this has been a fun interview. Ben Bailey. All right, now I've got a game for you. Oh, boy. Yeah, I do, and it's going to be easy. about gardening? Uh, Maybe, perhaps. (laughs) The fans of the show, Cash Cab, they recognize this. And we're starting a red light, and that triggers a red light show. All right, red light challenge. But for my purposes, with your permission, can I do a green light challenge? Because we're green and growing here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Green Green light challenge. challenge. You and I are plowing through the interview, pedaling through. So I need you to name, I've got a list of holiday specific plants. 
Whether something about the holiday is in the name or just plants associated with a certain holiday, I just need you to name five. Oh, oh. uh, geez. That's a tough one. Uh, Christmas tree? Yes. Okay, so it could be trees? Yeah. <laughs> now, if we were in the cab, I would just keep saying Christmas tree. Yes, that's what people do. Christmas tree. <laughs> They're just gonna you make got it that right. one already. Christmas tree. <laughs> um, Valentine is, roses? Yes. Bing, bing, bing. Oh, okay, Two. okay. I, um, mistletoe. Yes, ooh, very good. Three. I'll give you, I'll give you Easter and St. Patrick's I thought I was about to be on a roll. I said mistletoe like I had a few more. (laughs) Mistletoe and um, Easter lilies. Yes. Ooh, okay. That's four. Oh, that's really one? Yes. Easter lily. 100%. 100%. (laughs) That was a total guess. (laughs) And then Um, in a few days, we have St. Patrick's Day coming up. Oh, right. And those are clover, screen clover. Oh, he did it, ladies and gentlemen. He did it. Dad and Drex Mornings, B98.5. You all remember the game show, $100,000 Pyramid? Yes. Yeah. Dick Clark, back in the day. But we're going to have fun. So two people sit down, and you're prompting your partner, your teammate, to say a phrase of all these individual items you're naming off. So since there's three of you, we're going to kind of circle around. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. And that's how we're going to do it. And it's all garden-themed stuff. Okay. And y'all are like simpatico because you're together. Every weekday morning. Are you trying to say that we're all like in in unison with each other? Yeah, you should be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we'll see how this goes. So why don't we start with Kara? Okay. You're going to be trying to prompt Drex, your teammate, to say these things. Okay. Um, People. Worms. um, Things that are slimy. No. (laughs) Um, Shovels. Things that you need to... Fix your lawn? No. Um, gosh, I don't Do know. Do we have a timer on this? A ditch witch? A ditch witch? A, uh, Things that you need for a trench? To uh, dig a trench? Close? To what? Dig a trench? Dig a hole? He said dig. Things that dig? Dig. Oh, okay. I was going, <laughs> I right. was too good at it. <laughs> All right, up next, Drex. Yes. Help your partner Tad out. Okay. Mosquito bites. Things that hurt. Things that itch. Oh, man. I'm good at this, huh? You are good at this. Where am I? (laughs) Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. Tad helping his partner, Kara. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Chirp. Birds. Things that birds say. (laughs) Sounds a bird makes. We'll take it. (laughs) I was really hoping Tad was going to have to go down the line and like just start getting crazy with like owl sounds. Cock-a-doodle-doo, aren't you? (laughs) All kinds of stuff. All right, Kara. Okay, butterflies. Caterpillars. Things that morph into other things? Dragonflies. Things that fly? Ladybugs. Things that bother you during the summer? Um, things that eat your plants? No. Butterflies. I, I like butterflies. the morph thing. That, yeah. Dragonflies. Ladybugs. <laughs> Female b- insects. No. Things that fly? I just already said things I'll, that fly. Well, I'll accept that, though. Will you? So he said female insects. Yes. But why would females like these particular insects? Colorful. Because they're pretty. Oh! What? I'm overthinking this. Like, th- is it things that are insects pretty? Insects that are pretty. Insects that are pretty. Quit thinking dragonflies so Dragonflies are not pretty. Yeah, dragonflies are pretty. No, Their wings are iridescent. Yeah. Uh, and they bother you and you're in the pool. Kara, That's please, with the multisyllabic uh, words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the same to me. Okay, Drex, let's see what you got for Tad. Okay, um... Orchids, um, I don't know a lot of them. That's things the that are tough to grow. Um, let's see, uh, roses. 
Things that blossom. Mm-hmm. Bulbs. Things with bulbs. Uh, things that blossom rosemary. in the spring. Uh, things that start with R. Mm, roses, <laughs> rosemary. Things uh, with thorns. Mm, lavender. Flowers that flower <laughs> in the spring. Are spring all flowers. flowers. But hey. Yeah, rosemary. Time. Oh, things that bother you with allergies. <laughs> things that make you sad. Things to bring to funerals. Are we out of time yet? Yeah, I think we're out of time. Flowers what is that, that smell pretty. That's what Kara, that was oh it. Oh, my god! I should have let the girl have that one. I sniffed into the microphone. <laughs> but you didn't say they give you allergies, right. so I, I probably do need to blow my nose. Okay, thanks for pointing that out. All right, Tad, up next for Kara. Okay, here we go. Carrots, cucumbers, tomatoes, a scarecrow. Vegetables dirt. grown in the garden. Yo, there you go. Wow. Buddy. <laughs> easy, easy. Kara's, Kara's doing pretty good here. Last round, oh, guys. Gosh, this is hard. Wheelbarrow. Uh, obstacle course things. Wheel. Barrow. Wheel. Barrow. Keeps. Tractor. Things my father-in-law owns. Things you can buy at Tractor Supply. Cart. Things that you move earth around in. Things that what transport. Wheel. Wheel. Barrow. Things that you push or ride. Wheel. Things with wheels? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Really? How sad. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, I, I didn't, it, this is too. It's too easy. It's hard. Uh, it's too easy. It's hard. I'm getting you guys at the end of your day too. So right. If you're a little brain dead. It's forgivable. It's fine. All right, Drex. Yes. You got Tad. Last round. Make okay. it good. Oh, it's the plants. The red. Um, what do they call those plants? Yeah, poinsettias. Oh, things that are red. Things that are poisonous to dogs, mm. things oh. that you can't eat, things that you have around Christmas time, uh, well, holiday plants. There we go. Yeah. All right. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, he hadn't even gotten to like shamrock. I uh, listen. Easter I know Lily. who I'm working with over That's here. Right. I knew I needed to come fast and furious with the guesses. <laughs> All right, and Tad's last uh, last category for Kara. Okay, pears, apples, fruits, fruits grown in the garden. Where? Pears, Delicious apples, fruits. peaches, trees, fruits that grow on trees. Oh, oh. there we go. How fun was that? That, that was so great. <laughs> Did that I boost y'all's confidence a little bit? Wheelbarrow. Well, you know, don't say But you said it like, if I don't get it, don't say the word again. Like, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> lawnmower. Now I'm thinking of all kinds of other things. Oh, lawnmower. Yes. I didn't even think of that one. Uh, that's right. Steve Craig, 97 Won the River. So I've got some trivia for you. Yeah. Ashley School of Green and Growing, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> All right. Green so, thumb knowledge? Yes. There you go. And this is all related to rock and roll. Okay. First of all, what's a rock garden? Any interpretation you have is fine. A rock garden? Sure. It's exactly what we're trying to clean up in the backyard right now. <laughs> <laughs> they have the, they used pebbles, uh, the, the, not pebbles, but the, the big, you know, like uh, golf ball sized yes. rocks to do, I guess, some sort of path and drainage, uh, and that stuff gets impossible to get so, rid of. So pretty much what we have out in the backyard is a rock garden. That's a rock garden. That's mm-hmm. sufficient. How do you roll out sod? Uh, with my rock and roll wheelbarrow. Yes, I like yeah. it. Okay. All right, all right, yeah. that works. All right, guitar plant. It is a thing. Just take a guess what continent it's native to. A guitar plant? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a there's a plant who well he doesn't play guitar he sings but <laughs> I, I would think the UK. Oh, oh, that's a good guess. Australia. Yeah. Really? Just a side note: a woody shrub with fern-like leaves and cream-scented flowers. Oh, who knew? A guitar plant. Yeah, we don't have it oh, here. Okay. Okay. All right. Name a band with a flower in the name. Oh wow. 
Guns N' Roses. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the only one I had written down, and I thought, you know, he'll probably come up with one that I haven't thought of, but that, that works. Uh, a band with a body of water, since we're talking about outdoors. Body of water. I'm trying to think of, like, an actual named body of water, so. Little River Band? That would work. That would work. Atlantic Station. Is that a band? That was, like, a long time ago. Really? I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then Beach Boys, but that's not really naming the water, per se, but, yeah. yeah. You know, Oasis, but that's not like classic rock. The band Oasis. Give them a few more years, they will be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> None of us are getting any younger. Okay, stick with me here. Garden, music, garden, music. Rotting logs and leaves are common outdoor hiding spots for this scary creature with pinchers, and it's also a band with the hit Rock You Like a Hurricane. Scorpions. Yes. All right, last one, I yep. promise. This is, this is fun, isn't yep. it? A three-leafed plant that makes us itch. And also a band with Brett Michaels, formerly called Paris, but now known to everyone as... Poison. You passed Le- my quiz. Leaves of three, let them be. Is that right? That's pretty easy. Yeah. So leaves you of see, four, eat some more. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know that I'd eat any of it. <laughs> but, and then there's a five-leaf one that everyone thinks is poison ivy and they get all scared of it. Virginia creeper. That stuff's harmless. It kind ah. of vines too. Yeah. Harmless. So there you go. You tested your garden knowledge this morning, and I really stretched it with some of those celebrities, too, who are self-admittedly not gardeners. But hey, they learned a little bit from our time together and from our quizzes. So it is coming up on 719. Going to step out and check traffic and weather and more of your garden calls here on Green and Growing. We're live in the studio, 404-872-0750. Even if you don't have a question, I want to hear what what's going on in your garden and your landscape and maybe things you're trying or just thoughtful ideas that you want to share with others. So 404-872-0750. We'll be back. I'm Ashley Frasca on WSB. This was another one that I I did get this one right on B98 yesterday morning with uh, Beat Shazam. This is Born in the, or Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Jason Byers on the other side of the window here doing some of the best patriotic music you'll hear this weekend. So welcome back to 95.5 WSB. In just a moment, I'll give you your garden to-do list. Three basic things to do in the landscape this weekend. First, a weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today and tomorrow, similar but a greater chance for an early evening thunderstorm today. Both days throughout the holiday weekend, high of around 90 and low around 70. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, keeping things simple for you is what I like to do. We're going back to garden basics. So here's three very basic things. If you get nothing else done in the landscape, do these. Number one, continue deadheading flowering annuals. And don't forget, you can do that to perennials too. But you've got petunias, dianthus, coreopsis, impatience, just to name a few. The more you deadhead, that's going to keep those flowers just flushing out with new blooms. So, and that frees up energy for the plant rather than having something dead just hanging on to the plant. Number two, protect the leaves of your fruit and vegetable plants from unwanted pests. So, BT is a good product. Use that as needed to ward off caterpillars and worms. So, as soon as you start to see holes in the leaves, that's something you want to be out uh, on the lookout for. And spray the top sides of the leaves as well as the undersides of the leaves, too. You want to get that. And BT products, read the labels, but anything with BT is is one of the active ingredients. Usually those are safe to use up until harvest, but just be sure by reading the label. And number three, if it's time to spruce up the deck or the patio, maybe you're doing some entertaining this weekend, 
When using a deck wash, be sure that it won't hurt the surrounding plants, right? So some of you have written in to me asking me for environmentally safe deck washes, which are out there. But you can also just consider using plain water or oxygenated bleach, baking soda. You know that's good for a variety of things, or even dish soap. But if you do use the deck wash, that's fine, or a pressure washer. Cover the things you want to protect with a tarp. And then I would spray those plants, whether it's hostas or bedding plants or shrubs, just anything you've got underneath or around the deck. Spray that with a hose immediately after using any wash product just to rinse all of that residue away. 404 Can't wait to talk to Faye in Monroe, Georgia. Good morning, Faye. Welcome to Green and Growing. Oh, good morning. Good morning. So glad to talk to you. Thanks for hanging on. How can we help? Oh, thank you. I used to have a lot of lizards in my yard and on the patio and the front porch, and I like them. They're very pretty. They didn't bother me. I love their iridescent colors. And I don't have any at all this year, and I wondered why, if you knew. No, I haven't really read anything about, you know, there being a shortage or maybe they're endangered or anything like that. But, yeah, we've got the little fence lizards. We've got the geckos. They're all so much fun to just see scurry around for sure. And sometimes you'll see the little guy who's lost a tail, which is so sad, but they they seem to be just fine. So, Faye, I would just be on the lookout for maybe you've had a few more owls move into the area or even hawks, things like that. Neighborhood cats. Stray cats are often going to be, you know, a reason why you see less and less lizards. But here's something interesting to focus on what we can do to promote lizards because, you know, they're great for the garden. They're good to have around. They're just fun. Some things you can do to pre- to create maybe like a little more friendly habitat for them. They like places to hide, right, where they feel safe from predators. So any loose like stone or concrete or dead wood kind of laying around gives them an opportunity to hide, but also gives them an opportunity to bask in the sun, right? If they could just sit on a piece of stone or rock or concrete or something like that because they love being in a decent little sunny area. So maybe make a little habitat like that if you've got something around a bed where you'd like to draw them to. And native plants and something they're they're drawn to plants that are that are native and that they feel safe, but something that's a little more tangled, low to the ground. That way they can easily get in and out and hide. So that might be something to think about if you want to attract more. But yeah, I mean, I would just kind of look up to the skies, see if you've got some hawks or falcons or birds that may be, you know, I, grabbing them I, away. I do have hawks. I had not thought that they might be doing that. But thank you very much. That's yeah, very, I'm very <laughs> glad you called, Faye. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, that was a great question. I love little lizards. And in Florida, my gosh, they're so much fun to watch, too. And they hang out on um, our in-laws, uh, Lanai. They've got a lot of croton plants, which are so beautiful. And I love having that as a house plant here. But they just love being on those wide leaves of the croton. And as long as we don't bother them, they don't bother us. They're so cool. So coming up at the bottom of the hour, we have John and Flowery Branch trimming hydrangeas. And look at that. Linnae in Peachtree City, same kind of thing, when to prune hydrangeas. So I'm going to try to get it straight for you guys. That's, that's one of the things I struggle with. Oldwood, Deadwood, Mophead, Panicle. I mean, there's just different different ways of doing that. So hydrangea questions and more. I want your garden calls. And they don't have to be questions. Let's share some things with one another. What you're proud of in the garden. I belong to so many garden blogs and things on Facebook and follow those pages. And it gives me great pleasure every day just seeing pictures of things that people are so happy about and successes they've had in their garden. So I want this to be a positive place for that too. Give me a call here till nine o'clock this morning, 404-872-0750. And give me a follow on the Facebook page. There you can kind of see what we've covered in the show. On Facebook, search Green and Growing WSB. 
And hopefully we uh, can share some garden knowledge with one another there, too. Coming up on 730 here on 95.5 WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Already topping out at 74 degrees for this 7 o'clock hour on a Saturday morning. It's going to be hot. Highs around 90. So plan accordingly. You may cool off with a, a bit of an afternoon, late afternoon or evening thunderstorm. So welcome back to Green and Growing and happy 4th. Happy Independence Day. Really glad you are here with us on WSB. Here for you all weekend long. And I'm here till 9 taking gardening calls and talking to you about everything going on in your garden. 404 8720750. And coming up next Saturday, I'm going to be away. I'm going to be in town, but I'm going to be away next Saturday. And I've got uh, the guest, Seth Hawkins from the Georgia Forestry Commission, back with me to answer tree questions next Saturday. And Walter and I are going to be talking about tomatoes, which is a really good hour or half hour long conversation next Saturday between 6.30 and 7, where Walter and I talk everything tomatoes, whether you're having problems. We had uh, Stuart, I believe, call earlier in the show with blossom end rot, so some of you may be seeing that now, or cat facing, or just the tops of your tomatoes starting to split. So Walter and I will cover all kinds of things tomato-related next Saturday, what you're seeing, the pests you need to be looking out for and controlling right now, and also if you're seeing issues with the leaves. So many of you year after year get these same problems, whether it's something bacterial or whether it's something soil-borne maybe and a disease that's affecting your tomato plants. So you really want to stick around next Saturday between 6.30 and 7 if you've got a lot of curiosity about some tomato issues. But now we're going to be talking about hydrangeas, 404-872-0750 on Green and Growing. Good morning to John and Flowery Branch. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey there. So what hydrangeas Uh, do you have? Pardon? What kind of hydrangeas do you have? I don't know the brand. I don't know what they are. I've had them so long. They're they're just blue ones, and okay. they're very large. And I just kind of need to know when and how to prune them. And does blooms grow on new wood or old wood? I love that. And thank you, John, for that question, because that gives me a little bit of a chance to share some of my, my garden basic knowledge with hydrangeas. I know they can get pretty complicated, but the mop head, the blue ones, those are macrophyllo. Mop head is what they're commonly called. And those are the ones where people are able to change the acidity of the soil a little bit. You know, if you don't like the blue, you can change them to a pink or something like that. Uh, endless summer, that's a pretty common one. But if that's what you've got, and how big are they now? Oh, goodness. They're Five feet tall and five feet wide. Beautiful. And when did they start blooming for you? They started uh, about a month ago. Okay, perfect. But, but my problem was all the blooms were at the bottom. Oh, you're no, not getting no blooms at the top. And they hadn't. They weren't pruned, to your knowledge, last year. I all? pruned them some. Yes, I thought you were supposed to prune them in August after it bloomed. Okay, so there's two schools of thought there. Um, there's, there's two schools of thought with, with mop head hydrangeas and I don't want to confuse you, but here's what different garden experts have, have told me. It is a fact they bloom on old wood, right? So when we see those just bare canes that look dead, 
I would keep those in the plant. I know they're unsightly, but I would keep those. Those have expired. You know, they they were last year's flowers. Now this year, um, you've got newer canes, which will produce flowers next year. But what I what I would do, what I prefer to do, and what my friend Norm Mitleider on the show has said, prune the mop heads in April. And the way I remember that, and this is going to sound silly, but mop head starts with M, and you prune in between the M months, between March and May. So that's how I keep it straight. I know. So April is a good time to prune those. But there's another school of thought, because you're getting to them before they you know, are putting the new, you know, the new blooms out. Um, but another school of thought is prune after flowering. So you're going to have those start to fade here in the next month or so. Endless summer will last a little bit longer. But, you know, pruning them away once they start to fade just because the old flowers look, you know, dead and crunchy and dried up. But you just want to be careful what you prune. And when you do prune one of the, the flowering stems, you know, it's fine to take it all the way back to the base of the plant. But what do you think you would prefer, John? Is it easier to remember to do it after they flower, or can you kind of make a note to do it in April? Either one. Yeah. Which, that's, which, is, which do you prefer? I would rather do it in April. I don't mind looking at the expired blooms. Like I think they kind of look cool, so I, I don't mind that a bit. And it's just a little bit of visual interest, and everything in the winter kind of has that look anyway, so it doesn't bother me to leave them until April. And that's really when I get motivated to get out in the yard, you know what I mean, really start getting out there and exploring and cleaning things up in March and April. So that's just an easy thing to have on my radar at that time. But maybe that's why you're not having any blooms on the top because of how you pruned last year. But at least you're getting some. Um, but I think that that'll really help it fill in, just keeping on that right pruning regimen going forward. And then have you fertilized it all, too? It sounds like they're yes. doing fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. so something not so high in the first number, like, you know, the fertilizers 10, 10, 10, something like that, when you're looking at those three numbers. Nitrogen is that first number, and that's going to put on a lot of uh, greenery, you know, but the phosphorus in the middle, that's where that helps the flowering. So if it's maybe a higher middle number, that's going to help with the blooms as well. Well, how much can I prune? How, how far back if I want to make them smaller? Um, hmm, That's a great question. I think I would probably only take back, I mean, if you're going to do it selective by stems, I wouldn't take any more than a third of the canes away. Okay. So, yeah, if you're wanting but, to reduce the size a little bit, maybe just every, every third cane or every th- third stem that you see is probably going to be fine. Great. Okay. Thank you very much. Glad you called, John. Thanks so much, and happy 4th. You too. Bye-bye. Very good. Thank you. 404-872-0750. I hope I get your name right. Is it Lene? Yes, that's right. Lene, good to hear from you. Happy Saturday. Thank you. Um, I had the same question, basically, but ours are so tall, and I wanted to really get them down, but you're saying... you, you. you can't really cut them back that far. If you've got the mop heads, if you've got those round, yeah, you know, globe the blue, like, yeah, yeah I, I would be a little more careful. And they prune, they again bloom on old wood. So if you're if you're looking to reduce the size, it's almost I, I think I'm right. It's almost kind of a catch twenty two because with the new growth that's just leafy and green right now, that's going to have yeah. blooms on it next year, I believe. So it's okay. it's kind of tricky. Yeah, it's kind of tricky what to take back. Do you have any panicle ones too? Do you have any cone shaped ones or just the mop head? No, just the mop heads. Yeah, you we've had them a while, and um, they started out, you know, the nice size, and then they just kept getting bigger and bigger. But I wasn't sure. 
um, how to prune them. Yeah, so, you've got them in great conditions if they're getting that large, and hopefully they've got a lot of blooms on them as well. Like early in the, in the day, sun is what they prefer, like morning sun and some filtered yeah. shade. You know, they're kind of more woodland plants, so being under the shades of some taller trees. But you know what I'm going to tell you to do, Lene, too? Because I like with John, I, I don't want to confuse you guys. That is just one thing, hydrangeas, that I cannot keep straight. Going on WSBradio.com, when you go on the on, okay. on demand, and you can listen back to like all of our shows, my shows, everybody else's too. When you look under on demand and green and growing, I had a conversation with Norm Mitleider about hydrangeas, extensive conversation, and he has a lot better advice than me. If you go back to the May 23rd show, which I actually was listening to in the break, just to kind of jog my memory of that conversation with Norm, May 23rd, the topic is hydrangea okay. pruning and best practices. Norm had such easy ways for me to remember things like that. So I would suggest folks go back and listen to that. We spent just 12 minutes talking about hydrangeas. So hopefully oh, that'll, yeah, that'll give you a little yeah. bit better guidance. I'll do that. But yeah, just careful what you prune because that's one of the most common mistakes. Like I was saying with John too, we just kind of go a little crazy pruning out canes that we're not supposed to because then we're going to miss next year's blooms. Okay. So, Lene, okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Okay, thank you. So, I don't want to confuse myself. I don't want to confuse you guys. So, hey, if you've got tips, call them. Call them in. 404-872-0750. I am not uh, less than admitting when I'm wrong. Now, I do know, I do know for a fact, panicle hydrangeas, I've got those as well. And those are like the grape cluster, cone-shaped ones. And mine are kind of a cream color. They're white. As the blooms stay on the plant later into the season, they fade to like a pretty antique pink color. So panicle hydrangeas, and they also grow a little more weeping, like the branches and the stems weep a little bit. Um, they can get very, very large too. I've had success with those, pruning those around March 17th. I am like one of those that needs a holiday or some, you know, tax day, April 15th or something, not this year, but uh, to to really remember to do things in the landscape. So we've had really good success doing those around St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. They bloom later in the season. So all of you are seeing your mop heads now, macrophylla, and then the panicle, they're just now a lot of them starting to bloom as well. They grow on new wood. So the fact that you are shearing those down in March and late winter, that's just fine because they're going to bloom on new wood. So you're not cutting away any, you know, you don't have to worry about cutting away any of that old wood that they're going to need to bloom. 404-872-0750. have time to talk to Alexis out in Lithonia. Good morning, Alexis. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. How are you? Yeah. What can we do for you? I am just calling to find out, is there something I can plant, a perennial, that I can plant in the summer? Most of the websites I look at, they say either spring or early fall. Is there anything for the summer? Now, so you're looking for perennials, something you want to keep around, and do you want it to really be flowering like right now? Well, yes. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, everything I'm thinking that's flowering now was planted back in the spring. Yeah. Perennials for yeah, summer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like tickweed. I like coreopsis. That's the same thing, but it's it's little. It's very dainty looking. Um, but that's flowering in the nurseries now, and you could be able to put that in. My gosh, um, uh, I, I like tubers and canna lilies and things like that. Some of those, if you buy the plant now, the really tall canna lilies, elephant ears, 
you know, they may be in the nurseries now in the large pots and you're still going to get to enjoy them and they're going to come back. Now with those too, when you plant something that comes from a rhizome or a tuber like that, like a canna lily or an elephant ear, the first couple of winters, I overwinter them in the, in the ground. I keep them in the ground and just pile pine straw and leaves and things to kind of create insulation and a little bit of a blanket. And they winter just fine. And you're in Lithonia, so you're not in North Georgia. You don't really have to worry about you know, getting that frost that are in the extreme north counties. Um, if anybody has a chance to call in and give Alexis some better suggestions, I would welcome that. 404-872-0750. I think there's probably some gardeners screaming at the radio right now being like, why is she not saying this? But um, Alexis, if you'll listen for the next little bit, I'm going to move those calls to the top. I'm going to move those calls and try to take them before 8 o'clock if anyone comes up with perennial things, you know, to, to grab at Pike Nursery right now. And then you're going to still be able to enjoy them for a couple of months and then just forget them and go and they'll come back next year. And hostas, too. Do you have any hostas? I know those aren't flowering. Well, they are. They are. They're flowering. They've got the tall stalks with the little purple flowers right now. But hostas, my God, that's a great perennial, whether it's to fill a bed or do as a border or something like that. Yeah, I love hostas, and I also like elephant ears. Those are my two favorites oh. for as far as perennials. Yes, elephant ears are so good. And for folks mm-hmm. that are afraid of them, you know, getting bit by a winter frost or whatever, you dig the rhizomes up, put them in a large, large pot, and we've had callers have success moving them into the carport or the garage in the pot for the winter time, and then bringing them back out and putting them in the ground, say March, April. I think that's fine too. Uh, caladiums, that's another good one. I've had I've had success with caladiums coming back. Some folks don't, but again, it just depends on how cold it gets. And this last winter was pretty mild. So, Alexis, stay tuned, and I want to hear what some other people have to say. Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for calling in. All right, we're going to talk to Gogo and East Cobb, Chris and Conyers about weeds that are driving him crazy, and Rachel and Cumming when to transplant gardenias. 404-872-0750. Stepping out on Green and Growing, and we'll be back on WSB. Say that's John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah, man, just tripping me up with all the patriotic songs. I always think I know the artist, and then sometimes I'm wrong. But I did know this one. Happy Independence Day! Glad you're with us on 95.5 WSB. Ashley Frasca here, live in the studio. I am working for you on a holiday, and a lot of you are up and at them too. And I love that. 404-872-0750. Getting some really good calls, and we're going to keep it going. East Cobb County. Good morning to Gogo. How are you? Great, thank you. How are you? I am doing really well, having a good time. And I, I'm I'm here to help, I hope. And if I don't know, other people know. <laughs> so what's your garden <laughs> question for me today? I have a beautiful bed of iris and they are they bloom gorgeous and, and I like just the foliage. They look very deco to me. Yeah. I went to pull out a couple of weeds the other day and these tiny I'm talking teeny tiny little white bugs just flew everywhere. And I've never had that before, and I doesn't. I just put some soap and water in a spray bottle and spray, but it didn't work. I just I don't know what that is. Do you have, have you got any idea what I can do to get rid of those? I'm thinking when you said, I mean, did they just all fly off the leaves as soon as you started weeding and approaching them? Yeah, and I looked on the leaves, and I can't see them. Most of the time, you would see a bug on the leaf, but. I don't see these on the leaf unless they're just too small to 
See, but it's a lot of them. I mean, they, they come out, they just, like, I, I was astounded when I saw that. Okay, yeah, I mean, hundreds, maybe millions by midsummer long. So what the white flies do is they suck sap and then excrete, like, what we call honeydew, if you ever see little black streaks or whatever, whether it's on the iris leaves or anything else. So most garden insecticides are going to kill them, um, okay. and it's... The best option, just use like a soil-applied systemic insecticide. And some folks are going to be really upset with me for saying that. But I think that that, you know, early control of them is probably going to be the best. Now, we're a little late, though, to, to use an insecticide and have it be as preventative as it needed to be, say, if we had applied it in the spring. But I also don't hate the idea, Go-Go, of just going at it with a garden hose. What you're doing by weeding the bed is absolutely correct. The less foliage and just dense, you know, leaves and things like that around them, that's going to deter pests as well. So that's something culturally that you can do to kind of cut back and give them less spaces to hide and things like that. Going at them with a garden hose, that's oftentimes, that's a little harder for the white flies because they are so tiny, but aphids are very common on irises as well. Now, aphids you'd be able to see. They're a little bit bigger on the leaf of the plant and you'd have to look really, really carefully. They're green, they're brown, they're different colors depending on their stage. But, you know, controlling that with a garden hose as well. I mean, those are easier just to, to knock right off. Um, neem oil, I don't know. That's that's organic. You know, I mean, that's safe, but I don't know how much that's going to control white flies because the neem oil stays on the plant. So the white flies can just up and leave the, the environment if they want to. Right so, now, I, I would kind of just leave them if they're not really hurting the plant okay. or, you know, getting ahead of that iris bed, doing a systemic insecticide like an early spring. That may be a little bit better preventative measure for you. They are really tight. They've multiplied. Should I take out some and move some? Dividing them? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would divide irises. It depends on how densely they are in the bed, but typically, what, every three to five years, just depending on the type you've got. What do you have? Do you have the, like, the bearded ones, or? Yes, bearded, and they're beautiful. They're all different colors. They're in this particular bed. I have some in another bed that um, I saw some sort of black on that leaf, but I started wiping those off and whatever, and they look pretty good. They're lavender, but these are bronze and pink, and they're, they're really beautiful. And people, I'm like my neighbor begged for them last year. She mm-hmm. said they're so beautiful when I look over at, at your house. So, and yeah. the foliage, too, is really always, you know, really pretty. But I'm, this year, I haven't divided any. And oh, they're, so go-go, I'm glad, because you're on time now. We're getting ready to get up against a break, but August. August is going to be a fine time to do that. Just carefully dig them up with the spading fork, you know, clip off any of the foliage then that's expired, and you'll you'll be just fine dividing them, sharing them with others. Thanks for the call. Going to step out. Again, check traffic, news, and weather, and we'll be back on Green and Growing on WSB. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.